Everybody, it's Sports Talk Chicago. John Zaglula here with you. John Meadows still directing and producing. That was Mike North. What a great show. Um, I've said this many a time before on the program, and a lot of you who are regulars to the show know this. Uh, Mike is one of my top three favorite guests. Uh, it's, you know, Warren Sapp, Jose Canseco, and Mike North. I say that all the time, and I, I genuinely mean it. It had been a while since we caught up. I know many of you had said that in the comments, and it was great to have him on tonight to get his take all this crazy bear stuff going on um, and what's to come for him personally. Check out that new show. Somebody big just died uh, on the Bears Barroom Network. Uh, we're sponsored by our good friends at Amish Country Farms. For the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland, head up Amish Country Farms today. Tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. And we're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago. Follow me personally at John Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram, and then Facebook at John Zaglul. Mike, great friend of the program. I, I saw everybody commenting and they enjoyed it it was kind of a surprise stream um wanted to make sure that we got everything confirmed and got everything ready but it was awesome to have him on and a really nice bit too to be flexible with our timing make sure he came on for once at night and it was live it was super fun and um make sure to look out for the interview itself we're going to post that on youtube uh tomorrow the interview only also going to put it up all over the place on podcasting. So wherever you get your podcast for this program, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in, or the website, sportstalkchicago.com. Uh, rest assured, you will find it there tonight or tomorrow. Well, we have a little bit to go in this program, and I wanted to spend some time before we finish up discussing all this stuff that's been going on for the Bears. I'm sure many of you have been waiting for my take. I do want to open up with this. I am not happy that the Bears did not keep David Montgomery. Um, I know the Bears are probably going to be drafting somebody, and they signed a backup on the Seahawks to a two-year deal worth, I think, $4 million. Has only 800 rushing yards to his name in his career. We had talked about this during the season, about David Montgomery. He was expected to ask for 10 to $12 million per year. I said, 10 is my max, and even then I wouldn't really do it. But it turns out the Lions signed him for three years and 20, and not even all that's guaranteed. That's about $6.57 million per year in total. Why didn't the Bears retain David Montgomery? They're probably going to draft somebody. They're going to entrust Khalil Herbert to, I would hope, become a blocking running back because he can't do that. He can only run. I do not like the fact that they got rid of a guy who is a traditional, hard-nosed running back. I know the NFL has changed. I know everybody is looking for the quick speedster, you know, two-dimensional guy. Well, David Montgomery was a two-dimensional guy, and he ran the hell out of the football. You could trust him to run the ball 250 to 300 times, fight for the extra yards, gain four yards per carry right up the middle all the time, take the hard hits, and block for you on top of it. All that coming from a second-round pick out of Iowa State. Not bad by, unfortunately, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace made that pick, and he hit it out of the park. I'm not happy that they got rid of him or let him go for that little money. I'd be okay with it if Montgomery signed somewhere getting three years, $40 million, or three years and 50, three years and 30. I'd understand. But for $7 million a year, when you're the Bears and you still have, even after all these signings, about $40 million in cap space, it makes no sense to me why they let Montgomery go. It's not like he's old. It's not 30. Not a 30-year-old running back. He's still in his 20s. And he still produced last year, albeit in limited time due to injury, even the year before, too. And as Mike said on this stream, he replaced Jordan Howard. And he did good. So I'm kind of scratching my head with that move. The rest of these moves I did appreciate by the Bears. 
I thought they were great. Uh, Tremaine Edwards, Edmonds coming in from Buffalo. Demarcus Walker, defensive end from the Titans. Nate Davis, guard from the Titans. The Bears have done a good job. T.J. Edwards from the Eagles. 159 tackles last year. Three-year deal. And he's actually from the Chicagoland area, like Villa. So I love all those moves, and I think they're necessary. They're definitely necessary. The Bears got somebody for the offensive line, got a defensive lineman, a couple of linebackers who know how to rush the quarterback. I think it's great. The Bears needed some pass-rushing help, and they certainly addressed that. Not as much on the offensive line, but I'm hoping for the draft. The last thing they really need right now, believe it or not, is a running back. I am not confident enough in Khalil Herbert being the guy. He's a guy. He knows how to run. He knows how to gain five, six yards per carry, and that's amazing. I'm not confident enough today to say he could run for 250 carries or 300 carries. He could carry the full workload of what's expected from an NFL running back. I'm not confident in that yet. That's where I worry. That's where I'm concerned. And maybe the Bears address it in the draft. I think they will. That's great. But right now on their roster, they have Herbert. They have the guy they signed from Seattle, who only has 800 yards to his name, and they have Trusted Ebner. Believe it or not, and this is crazy, now the weakest part of the Bears, uh, the, of this Bears team right now is the running back. <laughs> the running back position right now is the worst part of this Bears team. Now, granted, it could get better. They could draft somebody and hopefully make it all go away. But I, I find it so interesting because just a week ago, we were berating everything. Hey, problems with wide receivers, no edge rushing, no pass rush in general, no offensive line, running backs kind of up in the air. Now I think the main two spots that the Bears need to focus on are offensive line and running back. But I'm just not happy with the Bears losing David Montgomery, especially to a division rival, too. I think he's going to thrive in Detroit. They have DeAndre Swift. They got rid of Jamal Williams. He left for a free agency. You replace Williams, who carried the majority of that workload, but David Montgomery, I think they're going to do just fine. I think Montgomery is going to thrive in that environment. You got Jared Goff, high-powered offense, one of the best offenses, believe it or not, in all of football last year, even though they were only a 9-8 team. They have wide receivers. They are ready to draft the Lions. I mean, I think they're going to be very good next year. And it brings the larger discussion and this larger question into the picture, what will the NFC North look like? I mean, we saw today Aaron Rodgers is 99% sure going to be leaving and going to New York. What happens to this division next year? What are the expectations for the Bears now that we know the Packers are probably not going to be a threat? Newsflash, we better expect big things now. And I said this last week after the big trade with Carolina. I already said they should be 9-8, and 10-7, but now I think it's actually amplified. The expectations should be higher. And if anything, there's more pressure on Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, and these players to get this season right. Not asking for a Super Bowl. Not asking for them to resolve every single little problem and become 12 and 5. But I am saying this if they're not 10 and 7, they're not 11 and 6 even near the top of this division, I would call it a failure for this Bears team. And I will say that now. Don't let Jordan Love outplay you. Don't even let Kirk Cousins outplay you. Jared Goff, maybe, but that's about it. You have Justin Fields. It's time for Fields to grow. It's time for Fields to really show out. There is no reason why you should be even 8-9 and nine or 7-10 and 10 near the bottom of this division. Those days are over. I was trying to give Ryan Poles 
some leeway before this offseason. Hey, maybe it's going to be a two-year rebuild. Not anymore. You have brought in enough pieces on paper to be a fringe playoff contender in 2023. That is not too much to ask for. You brought in enough pieces based on wide receivers like DJ Moore. You got Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. You're going to draft a running back. You have Justin Fields. You beeped up your offensive line a little bit. You're going to do so in the draft. You brought in a couple of rushers, pass rushers. I think right now it is safe to say this Bears team should be expected to go 9-8, and 10-7, 11-6 even, and should be near the top of this division. Vegas says so. The betting odds Mike just said. Bears are favored to be second in the division right now. So this is not just me spewing out of my ass. This is what everybody's expecting now. Here's the opportunity. Here's their chance to strike. Here's their chance to build a foundation for what could happen next year in 2024. Just like the Cubs in 2015. Literally the same thing. Cubs in 2015 coming off a really bad year, but we knew the rebuild was nearly over. They signed John Lester. Big splash. John Lester coming in set the tone for the rest of that season. They win 97 games. They get the second wild card spot. They beat the Pirates in the wild card game, beat the Cardinals in the NLDS. Their two division rivals get all the way to the NLCS and lose. It sucked that they lost, but I couldn't believe they even got there. 2016 comes around. They make more moves, bring in more people, promote more of their prospects. And what do you know? They win the World Series. Look at the Bears this year. Worst record in football, make a couple of blockbuster moves. They're signing everybody, bringing in some veterans, bringing in some potential draft picks when the draft happens in April. I think this year is going to be a learning year, but a foundational year, because if they could prove to themselves that they could win, they could win this year going 9-8, and 10-7 with this young core. Imagine them developing chemistry in years 2, 3, and 4. All of them playing together with the division that's completely up for grabs right now. This team in two years could be and should be a near, if not a full, Super Bowl contender. It starts this year with the foundation. No more excuses. No more patience. Time for them to perform. And this is exciting. I don't mean to say this as it's a negative or we should be chastising the Bears when they don't do it, but we should really be expecting good things in 2023. I don't see why not. This is a positive take. I'm not going to stand for 8-9 and nine when you go and spend all this money. You make a blockbuster draft move. You bring in a number one wide receiver for Justin Fields. You actually staff him with talent. This is your time to shine, and this is your time to build on what will happen. That's the key for this year. I'm not asking for a Super Bowl now. I'm asking for a Super Bowl in a couple of years after you develop a good foundation. The Cubs did not go from worst to World Series. They went from worst to wild card to World Series. Eagles went from worst by their head coach then drafted a new quarterback to wild card to Super Bowl. The Bears kind of did the same thing. By their coach, by their GM, new quarterback, worst this past year. Now it should be the wild card then Super Bowl, or near there. I think that's very fair to ask and very fair to assume and suspect. I'm not going to stand for anything worse, anything lower. I think we all have to keep that in mind. Detroit's probably going to be near the top, and I think that's going to be the biggest adversary for the Bears in 2023. They're going to have David Montgomery. They have a great run game. Their offense essentially has stayed intact. Need to work out things defensively. I think they will. Detroit is going to be their biggest enemy. 
I'm not confident in Minnesota. And Green Bay at this point's in shambles. It's time for their reign of dominance to probably end with the end of Aaron Rodgers. So here's the Bears' chance in a wide-open division to step up to the plate and make a statement. It's be a man time for the Bears. Be a man. Step up. Not a baby anymore. It's like the Bulls. Remember the Bulls in like 2005? They're the baby Bulls. You know, Kirk Heinrich and Luol Dang, Ben Gordon. Eventually, they had to grow up and be the real Bulls. And they did with Derrick Rose when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Enough of the baby Bears. Enough of, oh, we'll see in a couple of years. Enough of, they're still rebuilding. It's over. New era starts today. Really, it started last week with that big trade. Immediately, just 24 hours after we talked about wide receiving needs and all these needs the Bears had, they go out and get a number one wide receiver. They turn it into many picks for the next couple of years. They staff Justin Fields immediately with somebody they can use and somebody who can help. Now they make more moves, spend more money, serious money, and address other needs they had. Today's the day we start saying this Bears team should be minimum 9-8, if not higher, if not winning this division this year. I don't think it's too lofty of an expectation. I firmly believe it's possible. The Bears went out, they signed some good players, good talent, especially pass-rushing linebackers. They have a number one wide receiver. They still have a first-round pick at number nine. They could do whatever they'd like there. Don't draft Jalen Carter, by the way. Mike was right about that. I saw that report today in case you didn't. Quick tangent. Jalen Carter couldn't even finish up the workouts at his pro day, showed up nine pounds overweight, and by the way, still has the legal issues around him. Stay away from Jalen Carter. I preferred Will Anderson from the beginning, but unfortunately, unless the Bears move up from nine, they're not going to get him. So at that spot, the Bears should probably go offensive tackle. And then as they get into the second and third and fourth rounds, you could develop more of your offense. Maybe a running back, maybe a wide receiver, maybe another offensive tackle or defensive guy too. I just think it's very important that we set realistic expectations now because it's only going to get better. Imagine after this draft that pulls has what they do and what they're going to look like. We're talking about great team right now. We're talking about all this positivity right now that imagine adding some top draft picks into the mix. Come on, guys. We can't be saying anymore it's time to wait. It's time to compete. It's time to pounce. It's time to make something happen. It's time to execute. For the Bears, it's time to execute. And I think they will do it because, and I can't believe I'm, I'm about to say this, They have enough talent to do it. I can't believe I'm even saying it, but it's true. I mean, on paper, the Bears have enough talent right now to execute. This team right now on paper, realistically, could be 10-7. and I mean, you look at this team a year from now, and you'd be like, yeah, that's a 10-7 team. That's an 11-5 team or 11-6 team. Seriously. Justin Fields, assuming we see a big step forward. Rookie running back along with Khalil Herbert. Three good wide receivers. Good linebacking, better pass rush, hopefully better O-line in the draft. I mean, this team right now on paper should be winning 10-11 games. I don't think that's too much. 
I don't think it's unfair to say that either. I believe in this team now. I really believe in these players that they're bringing in. There's talent here. So it's time to not go under expectations, but it's time to exceed them. And I think 10 wins is not an unreasonable or unrealistic expectation, especially considering, too, that the schedule is going to be a little bit easier this year, too, for the Bears. Strength of schedule compared to last year. So somewhat of an easier schedule and a better team overall. Justin Fields in his third year, second year in this new offense. I mean, we should be expecting greatness. Justin Fields, like Mike said, and I agree with, should be throwing for about 3,500 to 4,000 yards. He should get 25 touchdowns, maybe 10, 12 picks, and should still run for 700, 800 yards. That's doable. And those are lofty expectations but I think they're doable for Justin Fields. Now, everyone's comparing him to Jalen Hurts, and I'll say this, it, it makes sense. Jalen Hurts went from nothing in a half a season to okay to great. To MVP level. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be an MVP this year, but I should see better than last year from him, too. So you put all that together, and I know I'm... Maybe jumping the gun a bit, making a lot of bold predictions and having some lofty expectations. But I'll tell you, I don't think I'm way far off on this. Or sounding like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here. I criticize everybody else for drinking Kool-Aid, but I don't think I am based on what they have and based on the players they're bringing in, the caliber of players, the accomplishments that they bring in, their pasts individually and as a team. All these players are coming from winning. Eagles players, Bills players. These players are coming from winning. They're coming from success. They're coming to a team that desperately needs that sort of mindset and culture. So add that and add that into the mix too. Got that on top of it. It's time to win. I hope they can. I think it'd be so beneficial to the city. It'd be so beneficial to everybody watching, hanging out, seeing this team especially after last year and how much of a dumpster fire it was. This Bears team can go from that to 10-7. and seven. Like the Eagles just did. Like Jacksonville just did. They could do it too. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Jacksonville won their division at 9-8. and eight. I would not be surprised if the winner of this division next year is 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. I do not think Minnesota's winning 12-13 games. Again, no way. Their point differential was the same as when they went 8-9 and nine, or 8-8 eight eight with Mike Zimmer before he got fired. Same point differential, but they won four more games. They're never going to win that many games again in one-possession games or overtime games. They're never going to do that again. It's just impossible to replicate that. Too difficult. They're not going to do it. So expect Minnesota's win total to go down to around 10 or 9. They didn't make any improvements. So expect that to happen. Green Bay lost their quarterback, and they're going to be in shambles. I expect them to be the Bears next year. Detroit, wild card, but they need their defense to perform. Then you have the Bears, who have made tons of moves, who have brought in tons of talent, and who are expecting, keyword, a big year from Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields can perform, he's going to be the whole X factor and the whole driving force behind the Bears winning this division or potentially being a fringe team. Maybe an 8-9 team, which 
Justin Fields could account for two to three more wins if he falls out like everyone's expecting. And when you break it down like that, you really can't find many excuses for the Bears. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, this needs to happen. Only time will tell. But I'm excited for what's to come for this team. No question. And I think after these past couple of days between the trade and all these signings, there's a directive of aggression, execution, and confidence in the future. Brian Poles is telling everybody, hey, we're ready to win now. I'm confident in this team. I'm ready to execute and stop sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to come up. We see it happening. We're seeing actions, louder than words. Now, I mocked polls last year for saying they're going to take the North and never give it back, but they could be onto something here with these recent moves and developments. We'll have to see. But there's action, people. Time we take notice. Thanks for watching today's program here on Sports Talk Chicago. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. I want to say a huge thank you. Mike North for coming on. I hope all of you got a chance to hang out with us and watch the interview. If you didn't, don't fret. We're going to be posting clips on YouTube and on podcasts, especially the full interview from Mike North, so you won't want to miss that. Subscribe to the channel. We are, what, five five away from 18,100. Want to help us out on our road to 20,000? We'd really appreciate it. Hit that like button as well. You could also follow us at Sports Talk Chicago on Twitch and Facebook and at John Z Sports. On uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, John's a cool. Big thank you to John Meadows for directing and producing, making sure everything worked as far as Mike goes and as far as this show went. And a big thank you to our sponsor, the very best Amish Country Farms, for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland, for the best real food in all of Chicagoland. Kind of fun, or hard to find that as of late. Hit them up today in Orland Park and tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. We will be live again on Sunday. I hope you join us. We have so much to cover. And things are just ramping up. Like, if you think this is exciting, there's so much more to come between the draft, continued offseason, then eventually this season coming up in already August or September. We're right there, five months away. We're going to be here with you throughout the entire process. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Sunday. So long, everyone.